So I'm excited that I got to actually get up here and be able to speak to y'all, um, give you something that's been on my heart for quite some time, um, as well as a little bit of my backstory. I know not a lot of you guys have had a chance to sit there and Zach's over there talking. It's awesome. Thank you, Zach. Um, but not a lot of you guys have had a chance to have a sit down and talk with me about where I came from, what it looks like, and all that other fun stuff, as well as what we get to do with the youth. So um, I'm going to start this off with some prayer, and then I'll get into it. So Lord, I just ask, again, going with what Josh said, um, that your words would be said here, Lord, that whatever, um, whatever you have for all of us here that, is, that are hearing this, Lord, um, that it would bear fruit. And Lord, that um, we'd be able to set our eyes as flint to you, and Lord, that we would be able to feel your, spirit, your presence and your spirit move in us. Um, so Lord, I just ask that anything else would just melt away and that your glory would be had. So then we would follow us on the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. So, I want to start off with this. Hi, I'm Brandon. I am saved. I am being saved, and I will be saved. Um, and that's it. Goodbye. See you. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that's all you need to know, right? No. Um, so, I am saved. Uh, if you guys want to go to Second uh, Timothy 1, 8 through 12, um, I'm just going to read it off of here for you guys. I have the ESV, the Elite Standard Version. So if you want to get on that, you might want to. <laughs> um, so it says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of, about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began and which now has been manifested through the appearance of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, apostle, and teacher, which I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I, um, I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day which he has entrusted to me. Now, that is, I have been saved, right? There was a very specific point in my life, and I hope for all y'all who are saved, um, that spoke to you, that was like, no, I changed. I went 180. I went from this to now what Jesus has called me to do. It might have been a step, but it's a step in that right direction, right? It's a turning point. So for me, um, I grew up, and I wasn't necessarily the best kid, um, at age 10, I started smoking pot, stealing alcohol, and getting into fights on a regular basis. Um, and right around that time is where I started to, that became my identity. I could outdrink others that were around me, I could outsmoke out others that were around me, and I could outfight others that were around me. And that gave me a sense of who I was. Now, as a 10-year-old, that's kind of intense. Um, but that set me up for where... I was going in my walk before Christ, um, and which is awesome because it shows where I was to where I am. Um, fast forward a couple years, um, 16 or 14, I end up getting in trouble with the law um, because I was a black belt at the time, and I got into a fight, and what was deemed Florida law was not okay. Um, everything was dropped, but it was one of those things, again, where I took that on to myself. That was who I was, and you couldn't shake me from that. Um, 
Fast forward to 18. 18, I gave up alcohol, I gave up drugs, I gave up all that other fun stuff. Um, didn't find Jesus yet. So I, I gave up all that stuff and I went the complete opposite way of what, was called, of what is called straight edge. And I used that as my crutch to get through because I didn't understand why I needed the alcohol and why I needed all that other fun stuff. I fought even more at that point because if you smoked around me, I'd probably punch you in the face. If you drank around me, I'd probably do the same thing. And I was a very, very happy guy, if you couldn't tell. Um, really happy dude. Um, and that same time, I actually got fight everyone tattooed on my hands. I don't know if you guys have seen that before, but that's what that used to say. Now it says fight for everyone. Um, so all that happens and... Like, I remember as I was going up in, in high school and stuff like that, I used to go to the church down there, um, down in Vero. Um, they had a skate ramp. I used to do the half pipe over there, and we used to skate. And I used to use that to, as a way to pick up girls. It was a way that I didn't have to worry about my mom where, or tell my mom where I was because I could go do what I wanted to do and all that other fun stuff. Um, and so I, start, like, I started picking up on some of the church lingo, and I would start using that um, when I was talking to people and be like, all right, well, you say you're this, and you say that you're that. You could both say that you're Christians, but what about this? And then I would get them to fight, because I wasn't okay with myself, so you guys shouldn't be either. And so I'd use that, and I, I got to learn how to twist verses very easily, very quickly. Um, so fast forward that to, I was 22. 21 when I first had my first encounter with God. Um, and that was, I came to church, it was... My first time going to church since I was like 13. I was like, all right, cool. I'm over it, ready to go home. I'm standing in the back and it's like I'm pouring sweat. And like, I thought it was always a joke. You know, you walk in and you burn up into a church. Yeah. Um, I I was actually pouring sweat and I was just like, I'm over it. And me being a drummer, the drummer that was there, I was like, okay, uh, you're off. I can't pay attention right now. Not, okay, no, stop. Um, And so I'm just sitting in the back waiting for everything to be done. And um, my friend Alberto at the time was preaching, and he comes up and he's like, I don't, I don't normally do this, um, but I want to do an altar call. I want you guys, if you want prayer, to come up. And I'm like, ha, no way, because I didn't like him when I first met him, and that was that day. Um, yeah, right? And so I'm like, counting the time, I'm like, okay, cool, let's go. And then I'm just standing there, and I felt this push from behind. And at that time, I was at the peak of my fighting. So like, I didn't need a reason. I would just go out and look for a fight. Um, so I turn around, and there's nothing there. And I get like that shiver down my spine. I'm like, ah, I got to go. And so I start walking up to the front. Um, and he looks down the line, looks down at me, looks down the line, and he walks, beelines it straight to me. I'm like, oh, God. So I'm standing there, and he goes to pray over me. He starts, and it's not him praying over me, right? It's the Spirit. Um, and as soon as that starts to happen, like every orifice just drains. I was done. And he was speaking stuff about my father and myself that only we know about. Um, And that point, it was like, all right, that's my 180 point. Like, that was my moment. That was when I decided I'm done. I I literally, the next day, packed up everything, came up to to Palm Bay from Vero. And I was was up here. I was was sold. Um, About two weeks later, I got to, I was going to a show, um, a concert, and ended up getting into a, a fight because I was still struggling with my anger and who I was and how I had to beat my chest and stick my chest up to show how much of a man I was. Um, and in that, I'll spare you all the fun details, but 
I, I came up upon, upon this guy, and everything stopped. This was God moment number two. I look him in his eyes, and like I said, everything like stopped. I heard nothing. I didn't see anything except for his eyes and God going, how many times have you done that? How many times have you made somebody feel like that? And that was the last fight I've been in. It's been like 12 years now. Um, but again, those are two God points that really, one was like a 90 degree turn. I was like, I'm kind of following. And the last one made me, it was like, all right, I'm done with that life. Put that man to death. So that is, I am saved. Um, so in that, I started to learn about why I like those things, why I chose to drink, why I chose to smoke, why I chose to fight. Um, and it was really because, I thought it was because of my pride. And as much as I'd love to say that, it's really because I was afraid. I was afraid of what people thought. I was afraid of what would happen if I didn't do or what would happen if I did. Um, and so I used to, that was my, my controlling factor, is fear. I would love to say pride. I would love to put that in front, but I can't. Um, <laughs> And so 2 Timothy 1.7 actually speaks about that. It says, God gave us the spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That right there, boom, changed my heart. Every time I start to get afraid, I remember that. And then on top of that, you have 2 Corinthians 10.4-6. through 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, and being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Let that sink in for a second, right? That right there, those two verses, shaped and, and destroyed the person that I was. So I became new with those as, as foundations, and Jesus, obviously. So let's fast forward a couple years. Well, not, let's not fast forward. My lovely wife was another God moment number three. Um, we ended up getting married, and it was an amazing thing. If you guys want to know about it, I would love to talk to you about it. You look really happy with me. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am being saved. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Right? It's the being saved. It's the daily, you wake up, guess what? You have breath in your lungs. Start walking out your salvation, right? How many of us actually have, have thought about that? Because it's hard for me. I'm going to be honest with you. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, ah, my back. And the kids are up. And the sun is not. Why? And, and that's where I start my day when it's really like, oh, whoa, 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 hold on. I can actually breathe. I'm not dead even though that's what I deserve at times, right? Because we're all, sin is punishable by death, and we are all inherently sinners. And there's, we can strive as much as we can, but that is what it is. So Philippians 2, 12, and 13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my, as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you and both will or in both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Another one that says it's not a one and done. It's not, hey, I said this prayer, I'm done, we're good, sweet, I can go do whatever I want. Sunday came and went, Monday is what I got, and I can do whatever I want with that. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. It's you wake up and every day is a Sunday. Every day is the new day. You took a breath, guess what? Give praise to God. 
because it's his, and he gave it to you, right? Is this, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, cool. Are you guys awake? You guys got coffee? Do I need to get coffee? Come on, let's go. All right, so it's a daily reminder for us that death to self and, and to breathe life. That's what we should be doing every day that we wake up, right? It's like, all right, cool. I have been chosen for this day because you're still here, right? And he has given you that breath in your lungs to go breathe life into others, right? That's our gift that we get is to breathe life into others, to go raise up others, to go disciple, to go love on others. That's the way we can show Jesus. Come on, guys. We talked about the clapping, right? Come on. All right. Thank you. So... Um, one really cool thing that my family got to do, and this was another God moment for me, um, and it's two really wrapped up in one. I used to have really big ears. I had holes in my ears that were an inch and five-eighths, um, which is about yay big, and they used to dangle, and I had stuff hanging in them. It was awesome. Um, but that was, again, part of my identity. And so I felt God saying, like, all right, well, you might need to change career paths. Um, and what I thought was, wasn't. Um, I thought I was going to be a CEO over at Sharps and all that other fun stuff. Um, and you couldn't have those being a CEO. So I ended up, Carrie's challenging me because I'm like, I'm not cutting my ears, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get them fixed. I'm not going to get that done. I'm gonna, that, that is me. That is Brandon. I can use that for, for Jesus because it's a bond servant and every other excuse I could come up with not to have it done. And so she challenged me. She's like, well, why don't you pray about it? Why is it that you need those? And two weeks later, I got them taken off. <laughs> so, husbands, listen to your wives, right? Okay, cool. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> um, but what's cool is that what I thought was for being a CEO wasn't. It was actually to help us when we got into ministry. Um, we were in New Hampshire for two and a half years. And if I would have had those, they would have not even said yes. Um, but... Me, my wife, and my three little ones at the time, Asher, Jasper, and Nora, all packed up and moved to New Hampshire um, on this kind of journey that Carrie and I, we, we felt and we prayed about. Um, and for me, it was hard because I was like, I just got a new job. I'm, I'm in the church, da 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 Like, again, excuses. That's my thing, is excuses. Um, and she's like, all right, well, why? Thank you, love for being that. <laughs> um, and so as we prayed about it, it went from, I was okay with doing a year, and they're like, well, minimum is two years. Uh, no, sorry, thank you. Check, please, bye. Um, but we ended up going up to New Hampshire uh, to this place called His Mansion Ministries. And um, this is my second time being, going on a mission or a missionary thing. First time was in Haiti, um, right after the earthquake. We were there three days afterwards. I was there for a month and a couple days. Um, trying to rebuild and get people food and uh, all that other fun stuff and show Jesus, really. So, fast forward, the two years in New Hampshire, we got to do um, ministry work at a place called His Mansion, which was for people that are struggling with addiction, whether it be sexual, alcohol, drugs, wanting to live in a fantasy world where you just turn everything off and be on your phone like this or in a book. Um, you struggle with whatever it is, and they show you what it is, show you why you've chosen that, why your wound makes you want that, and then also show you where Jesus is in that. So getting to see people's lives being transformed on a daily basis was one of those things of showing me that, all right, well, what I thought was the, the top of it really was just like first round 
right? And then when we got into the ministry, it was, all right, no, 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 no. Like, this is a thing that we're walking out daily. And you can see exponential growth from Tuesday to Wednesday and Wednesday to Thursday. And then guess what? Some people might have jumped back because they were hurt. But it's seeing that continual growth in Jesus showing up day in and day out in people's lives. Like, that right there blew us away. Um, And again, it's going on that daily thing of, I'm being saved every single day. Um, And so, for some of the things that was hard for me was finding my identity in Christ. And this is kind of where I started figuring this stuff out, um, was in this time where I was like, all right, cool, yeah, Jesus is my dude, and he saved me, and I talked to him. I think that's it, right? I'm still Brandon, but we're made in his image, right? Man, come on, like this is good news, right? All right, so in Romans 8, 17, it says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. You guys get that, right? Well, suffering, but we're heirs. Heirs of suffering, but it's still with Christ, right? Christ having the end-all, be-all awesomeness, right? We are heirs with him. We are seated with him. Amen? Man, can can we get coffee IVs, right? (laughs) All right, cool. Um, so then I have 1 Peter 1.16. It says, Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. You guys get that? You all are holy. If you guys have Jesus and you guys are walking that out, you guys are holy. And that's hard, right? It's like, hold on. That's a little much. That's lofty. That's a lot to put on my plate. I'm not okay with that. At the end of the day, though, he died for us, right? Whether we wanted to or not. Guess what? You got that blood on you. It's your choice to do with that what you will. And so he's saying, no, no, no. Come up here. I got you. Let's do this. It's your choice to step that forward. You have the, that anointing on you. You have that blood on you. You have that salvation. You have that way to get there already. It's up to you to make that step. It's that waking up in the morning and going... I just took a breath. Thank you, Jesus. Right? We are also complete in him. It talks about that in uh, Colossians 2.10. In Hebrews 3.1, we're a holy partaker of a heavenly calling. And 1 John 4.4, it says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. Um, For he who, who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Do you guys, like, you are more than conquerors, it says, right? How many of you guys can feel that on a day-to-day basis? My hand's not up, just so you guys know. (laughs) But what I'm hoping with this stuff is that you see that it's a daily thing that we have to do. It's the hope thereof later that we will be saved when Christ comes back. And it's that one pivotal moment in your life that you were. But in that, the middle is your identity, right? Right? What do you guys say of yourselves? I can tell you often, I say I'm stupid. Brandon, you're an idiot. Really, dude? Right? And if you read James, it talks about how the power of the tongue and how it can break down you or it can build you up. And so when we say, Brandon, you're an idiot, it's really breaking you down, right? Because you start to believe it. It's you're, you're washing your mind with you're an idiot. You're an idiot, which is not true. 
So I want, I want you guys to understand what your identity is. And I have a list of like 93 promises of what God says your identity is. If you guys want that, holler at me. I would love to give that to you and pray with you guys about it. Um, but the thing is, I want you guys to really walk away with understanding what that is for you. Ask God in your quiet time, like, be like, all right, Jesus, what do you say that I am? I'm tired of telling you what I am, right? Because you were made in his image, not in yours. So this one was really hard for me. Deuteronomy 32.10. He calls you the apple of his eye. Like, try not to tear up right now. For me, like, I never understood that. I never had that kind of fatherly connection, that love like that, that said, you are the end-all, be-all. And, like, I want you guys to think about that for yourselves right now. Like, what does that actually look like? That God loved you and you and you all individually so much that he sent Jesus. And that whole John 3.16 thing, right, takes a whole new form when you start thinking about it like this. He died literally with you in mind. Your sins, your struggles, your power, your overcoming, all that fun stuff, he died for it. So you could do that. Like that for me, when I think about that, it it puts a charge in my heart. Like, all right, cool. I have what needs to happen to go on. But when I read that, you are the apple of his eye. I was like, Jesus, I'm just going to lay on the floor here for a little bit. Um, Cool. So, yeah. (laughs) Lastly on that, I want to say that Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, right? Again, that. If I could read that verse every day, that would be it. Like, I would be, that's all I would need. That's the sustenance right there. That's the bread and the meat that I need. But I want you guys to remind yourself of that. Like, I'm speaking to myself, (laughs) you guys. Um, That's something that I need to do myself is to, to really take a step back and be like, all right, who does God say I am? How does God see me? Because I can look at the mirror and be like, oh, imperfection, imperfection. Oh, dude, you're awesome here. Doesn't make sense, right? Because you're building up your own self and you're not doing it on a solid ground. It's going to fade away. So on to I will be saved. Matthew 10, 22. It says, and you will be hated by all for my namesake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Something that we need to look forward to. Yay. Woo. No, that's, that's a hard one. <laughs> and then Hebrews 9.28, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. This is our hope, Right? We have the pivotal moment. We have the daily walking it out. And this is why. This is our hope. This is what we should be setting our sights on. This is the horizon that we're walking towards. It's that second coming of Christ. It's him being 
glorified and him being seen for every nation, tribe, and tongue, right? That's our call, is to go and make that happen. So I want you guys to think about, in your lives, where are some areas that you are called to go? That might not be easy. It's really easy to go, hey, love, I want to talk to you about Jesus. Yeah, cool. It's really hard to go, hey, guy that is messing around with my food truck, I have to love on you. I have to show Jesus to you, even though <laughs> old Brandon wants to come back and fight everyone. Right? It's hard. But the thing is, is like at the end of it, there is nothing but awesomeness. There is nothing but the love of Christ. There's no more pain. There's no more nothing. Except for him and that. And that is our promise, right? And we need to keep hold of that. We need to hold on to that as tight as we can. Because it's really easy to go through our life and be like, dude, this sucks. My coffee wasn't ready today. I'm tired. I don't want to go to work. The kids are up and it's four in the morning. Go to sleep. No. All that stuff is true. And all of it's hard, right? But at the end of the day, like, you get to go through that stuff. You get to choose how you react to that stuff. As much as we might not want to say that, it's hard. I get to suffer through waking up at 5 o'clock with my kids sometimes. Yay! <laughs> I get to enjoy coffee with that, but I still get to suffer for them. I get to suffer to stop what I want to do and pursue Christ. It's really hard when I'm like, I really want to play this game. I really want to be on my phone. Oh, Jesus too. Hmm. I'll put that down and, and pick this back up. It's really hard for me to do that. And I want to wrap this up with 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 2. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. That is, I think, the encapsulating verse for what I'm trying to say is, I'm, I am saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. Right? You got changed, you walked it out, there is a reward at the end. So, I want to offer up to y'all prayer. If you guys want prayer, come seek me, come seek someone from staff out. I, I personally want to pray for everyone in this room today, but I understand that that's not going to work. Um, so I'm going to, I want to pray for you guys just corporately, and then if you guys want prayer, or if you guys want to talk, or if you guys want that list, please don't hesitate to come up to me. I'll, I'd love to explain that even more to you guys. Um, yeah. So Father, I just, I thank you that I got to be here. Lord, that I got to bring what I feel you have for the congregation today. Um, Lord, I just want to bless them and ask, Lord, that you, would, that you would strengthen their resolve, Lord, that you would show them and give them your sight to see where they're at and what you have for them. Lord, what they need to pick up and what they need to put down. Um, and Lord, what you see them as, that they are holy, that they are well and that they are full and that you love them so immensely that words don't even begin to describe it. 
that you not only died for them, but you did it with, a, with joy in your heart because you knew that they would be able to come home and that you took the sting away from death for that. So God, I thank you for everyone that's here in this, Lord. I thank you that you are here and that you will always be here, whether we realize it or not. Lord, that you are working on us in such minute ways and such big ways. I just ask that you would open our eyes to that. So Lord, I, I, I love you. And I say, I lift them up to you. I say that they are yours and that you are well pleased with them, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen.